Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we are not joined by Jamie this evening who has been on, uh, well let's say parental duty. Uh, so he can't uh, he can't join us this evening so it's just the two of us uh, to recap. Um, I have already forgotten the game week, game week six. Um, heading into a two-game week week, which is always fun as well. Um, but first things first, Dan, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, interesting week in Gaffer, as we'll talk about throughout the season. One day, Luton might get a point, but we'll otherwise we'll be back down pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not ideal at the moment, but, you know, still a long way to go, particularly if you keep saying with the fantasy games as well, a long way to go this season. Um, so plenty of time for things to change. Um, to normal format, obviously, we're going to sort of go through our teams. We'll go through the key games and the other games, and then we'll get, hit on the questions. I don't think we've had too many uh, this week, which, uh, you know, might help us sort of spring through them a, a bit quicker. I think most people did you know, uh, go along with our request to not have um, Ryan Manning questions because we will discuss everything around Ryan Manning uh, this evening. (laughs) Uh, But first, we will uh, go through how we did this week. Uh, So I'll touch on my team first. Uh, 65 points. Um, Captain Leif Davis which looked like it was going to be amazing until he went off injured just before half-time. But that was still 16 points. Uh, Joel Pirro, 15 points. Vice-Captain Sara for 9. Dewsbury Hall and Broadhead got me 5. Key got me 3. Cladkey also got me 5. Nonto and Rowe, 3. Armstrong, 2. And uh, the aforementioned Ryan Manning, minus 1. With the added bonus for me of I bought Dennis Zirkin this week and the team's dropped and it turns out he's injured. So that was fun for me. So uh, that will require a a change there. But it's a red arrow. Um, Not a great week. Salvaged a little bit by Piero uh, today. So uh, it's a red arrow down to 346. I can't remember what I was before. Um... So need to pull that back a little bit. But, you know, given that it was looking like a really bad week, um, it feels like it's sort of been redeemed a little bit uh, today. So uh, can't complain too much. Uh, Dan, how did your week go? Yeah, my week was a lot better, thankfully. (laughs) Um, 85 minus 4. What's the game? My transfers, I did Clark. And Kakai in for Jordan James and Brian from um, Millwall. Uh, Captain Sarah for 12. Vice Captain Clark for 16. I had uh, Clagkey for 5. Stacy, which was probably the, the difference between me and a lot of teams, uh, 15. Davis, 8. Man in minus 1. Row three, Jewsby Hall five, Piero up front fifteen, Armstrong two, and Broadhead five. Um, I sort of felt like I, I got away with it because I benched Somerville with three points, and uh, 
he went off when they started to go a bit crazy in the second half. So I, I sort of got away with that as well. Um, I think about a 40 place green arrow to 84th. So inside the top 100 with two boosts to play. So yeah, I'm going well. Um, some issues in defence though. So um, definitely a, a transfer happening in that position. Yeah, and I'll just round off with the pod team. Not much to say about the pod team. It didn't do well this week. 61 points. Our, uh, Broadhead captain, Davis vice captain. Um, Piero we had, you know, we, we had then uh, Sarah, Dewsbury Hall, Somerville, Van Evike and Rushworth. Um, we also had Manning, Brocky Jensen, who only came on at halftime. And Armstrong, uh, 61 points, and we finished last in Thursday Night Wars this week. So uh, not ideal there, um, but we we have sort of two game weeks in quick succession to try and rectify that. So, so that would be quite nice. Um, but yeah, so we're going to sort of get into the games now. Um, and the first game we've got is the, the, the game we've already mentioned a couple of times, which is uh, Southampton 1, Leicester 4. Dan, if you want to start us off with the lineup news. Yeah, so for Southampton, Charles, Harwood, Bellis, Fraser, and Adams were in for Bednarek, Holgate, Stuart Armstrong, and Mara. For Leicester, Justin, Mavadidi, Vardy were in for Foes, Akgum, and Iliacho. Um, also, news of Cody returning to the bench. So I'm, I don't. It won't be long before Cody's in. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was uh, obviously the the big news for them. I think. Um, but yeah. Uh, so this this was a bit of a bit of a mad one, really. Um, we obviously had the the very um, quick opening goal. Um, I think it was Shea Charles, although I, I haven't had it confirmed who sort of just fell over and gifted uh, or, you know, had their pass sort of, they took too long and had it sort of half or deflected and Leicester were immediately on the attack. Um, and Jamie Vardy um, obviously got the got the opener. Um, McAteer got the second goal, assist from Dewsbury Hall. Um, Southampton did get one back through Adozi um, with the Che Adams assist. Uh, Wilfred and Diddy made it uh, 3-1 uh, with an assist from Mavadidi. Mavadidi then had an incredible miss through one-on-one uh, before he did take one to make it 4-1. Um, and Sulemana got sent off right at the end of the game just to uh, round out uh, Southampton's misery. Do you think that was a red card? It's harsh, isn't it? Real time, I thought it looked like a red. On the replay, it I didn't look it as did. bad. So I sympathise with the ref because when I saw it real time, I thought it was bad. Um, I don't think you'll get overturned, though, I don't think. No, I, I'd be surprised. But, uh, but yeah, so that's where I'm not 100% sure. But like I say, because I thought it was a, a red real time, I can't sort of criticise the ref too much in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, so let's get into this. Um, I don't know what you want to say, Ang. It was absolutely bonkers. I th- I think it's couldn't believe what was going on. No, I think it's best summed up where I was genuinely speculating multiple times 
whether Southampton, particularly defensively, had been drinking. Um, uh, it, it was that bad at times in terms of just, you know, what they were doing and everything. Um, and I think that's that's where I think we both said we obviously had a disagreement over Russell Martin last last week. We both said we felt for Russell Martin almost in this game, where it was just like you can't even blame him. Some of the things that South, the, the Southampton players were doing, it's like, you know, that's not about the setup or the style. That's just like you know, players doing spectacular things. Like, and I do think the other thing that's that, that I did mention to a, a couple of times when we were sort of chatting. I think the thing that is probably going under the radar a little bit is I think Leicester were fortunate to only concede one, including what would have been the most hilarious own goal I've ever seen, where someone knocked it into Mavadidi's head and it went wide um, at one point in the first half. But I think they they didn't exactly look great. They looked better, and you can see the foundation of what they're doing. I think that's what that's something you've said a bit more on them. But it it was just chaos. I don't know what to say. I've met, you know I don't particularly rate mine, and as you mentioned, I I don't know what was going on. What I will say is I don't think it's been helped with um, the number of changes he's had to make at yeah. centre back and defensive mid. Yeah, buddy, it, it comes down to the same thing. It's funny how the goal they scored was a long ball. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you, you always have to go long ball, but do you always have to play out from the back to that point? Uh, it's got to the point where he's got to think about going to three at the back. He has to try it out. They've conceded the most goals ever up until six games. Yeah, it's, and the, it's remarkable, the, really. Um, I'm not a fan of Armstrong playing in centre mid. I I wasn't too much a fan when it, he he played it against, was it initially Plymouth? But obviously against Plymouth, he, he was getting shots off and that. I just, just managers trying to complicate things. You've got one of the best squads in the league. And I, I know you're playing less who are pretty decent, but just play players in the right position and <laughs> you'll be able to compete at a steady level. Yeah. They're not going to get near near the near the playoffs if they're conceding this amount of goals. They just they just can't. It just won't happen. Yeah. I mean I think it will settle down a bit in part just yeah. regression. You look at the numbers. They are bad. They're not as bad as the goals they've conceded. So I think it will it will settle down a bit. The 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 changes you would think would settle down a bit like this week they lost Bednarek. Um so they obviously went to Harwood Bellis and Shea Charles as you know, two changes at centre-back, although given the way Mason Holgate played the last game, I don't think they could have gone with him again. Like, um, I think he has to accept that he can't get all the players on the pitch that he wants to get on the pitch as well. Now, if that means that every so often you have to rotate Armstrong and, and Adams or something like that, then you have to do it. Like, I think it's it's one of those things where it's it's not working at the moment, and I think that part of that that will help is making some of these tough choices. Um, some of these positions are obviously going to be um, a little bit more nailed on, but I do think maybe 
Um, it could also be helped, like you say, by going to three at the back. Um, at least try it. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't necessarily think you have to keep experimenting, but what they're doing at the moment isn't really working. So, I mean, you know, we've debated. Obviously, they're around ten points from four. You don't want to overlook that completely because that's still positive. But the way the last two games have gone, you have to review that and say we have to change something here. Um, but there was always a. Obviously, they've lot um, they've conceded a lot of goals against Norwich, Sunderland, and Leicester, and it, it's it's not terrible the results they've got if they. But it's the performance against um, Plymouth that was end to end. Plymouth could have won that game or, or at least got something from it. Um, QPR done all right against them as well. So yeah, I'm I don't know what. To suggest with Southampton, it's you'd like to think that he'd he'd get something out of them, but well, they got Ipswich next. If they defend like they did, Ipswich are probably one of the best teams on in the on the counter. Yeah, um, it's it's not an easy easy game. Um, okay. We should probably give some credit to Leicester. Yes. They, they were Sorry. pretty. We, we, we absolutely should, yes. Um, Vardy does what Vardy does in the, in the 18-yard box, finishing. Um, McAteer, another good goal. I think it was his third of the season now. Look, looks a talent. Um, and then then you've got the just Mavadidi. I told him a couple of weeks ago and I know some people sold him this week, which which would hurt. Um, he, he could have got what twenty points in this. Yeah, like he really could have done. Yes, I'm um, I'm very torn on Steffi Mavadidi because he got his goal. He's getting in these positions and everything. At times, he looks like an absolute donkey when he gets in the the attacking positions, though. And so it's just the the balance of that where it's like. He's clearly a threat. He's clearly getting these great positions that are the sort of ones that, you know, lead to returns and everything. But there's that element of like, I think you're going to have to stomach that at times he's going to drive you crazy. He will he will do well. I think he will get returns, but he's going to drive you crazy at times. I also worry a little bit for rotation. They, ha- they did bring in two wingers on loan. Um, you know, obviously McAteer is playing well as well. So I do think that's the one drawback to Mavadidi, aside from, you know, at times he looks like a donkey, is there is that rotation. But I think for a lot of us that sold, you know, it is going to be a case of eyes on again now, isn't it? You say that, but this game suited him. Yeah. He's able to get in behind. Um, He might get that against Norwich. So if you have him, I'd play him against Norwich, but... When t- a lot of teams are just going to defend deep against Leicester, and we we've seen, um, maybe Co- Coventry didn't, but the other three games in between where they were winning the games late, they've struggled to create clear cut chances. Um, I think Mavadidi got a winner where he the goalie should have saved it. Uh, yes, against so, Huddersfield, that was his, yeah, that was his other goal. Yeah, so. Look, if you've kept him well done, you've got your points. But last week he, he was benched. Numerous weeks he's got one pointer from being yeah. booked. 
So I'm, I'm not in a rush to go back there, but I'm also not ruling it, ruling it out yeah. throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is it's sort of eyes on. I can't sort of ignore him. I can't ignore that sort of performance. But yeah. I, I think if I had him, I'd be playing him, like you say. Um, there's enough options at the moment that he's one of a number of them where it's not sort of like, I must go back to him right now sort of thing. But um, in terms of other Leicester options, um, Dewsbury Hall obviously got a return in this. Um Two players, well, three players I wanted to ask your thoughts on from this game. Uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, Casey McAteer, and I think we do have to mention him at this point because he's returned again, Wilfred and Diddy. First off, Vardy, it's just rotation with Vardy. He's too expensive, isn't he? Um, I'm guessing Vardy played, was it in the actual way international? I'm guessing he would so. have been. That probably plays a part into it. Um, McAteer, I like decent price, but like you mentioned, they've got so many wingers. And is he going to come off if, if they're not doing well? He's young. He's the easy one to bring off. Um, and I'm trying to remember that. Indeedy. Yeah. We. Ever since I was watching in pre-season, it's been pretty obvious that the two eights, which have been Ndidi and and Jewsby Hall, are going to get forwards. Um, so I'm not surprised he scored. I think he scored a, a couple in the cups as well. But there is a Cassidy waiting in the wings. So, and that, do you really want to use a midfield spot on Ndidi? I'm not sure we do, but um, KDH. Kate, you've got to have him. Yeah. Um, he's just going to tick over. I was hoping Mavadidi was going to square it to him because <laughs> I didn't have Mavadidi. I was yeah. like, well, everyone's KDH anyway. So, yeah, um, the, the one he missed, Vardy was screaming at him for. Which, oh, uh, my God. Can you imagine if they didn't win the game? Yeah. In the change to room Incredible. Um, but, yeah. So, if, you, if people are looking to add more Leicester, like, let's assume people have um, Dewsbury Hall. Um, where where's the first point you would be looking beyond him? Is it a defender or is it another attacker? To be honest, I've not really thought about Leicester. To be honest, because it's too much. It's been too much up in the air. But yeah. and I'm not sure defensively they're they're that great as well. And yeah, Doyle don't really get any a, like at, at an orthodox centre back in this game didn't help either in terms of the the feeling about him. Um, I mean, his error for the Southampton goal was amazing, where he manages to just go past the ball. Wait, well, he does a dummy. Yeah, he dummied himself. I, I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do, but yeah, um, it's weird that they're, I think they're probably going to go up or, or be near the top. And I've I've not really been that interested. I had uh, Castagna to start, I had Mavadidi, but I'm just keeping Jewsbury Hall. And if anything comes about, then I'll move there, but yeah, I'm not jumping at anyone. Yeah, I think um, it's it's tough to sort of justify any of them really. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but um, I think probably at this point the the next one is probably Mavadidi. Um, but 
we'll we'll see how it goes with them. Uh, we do have to talk specifically with obviously uh, um, about Ryan Manning. We've sort of spoken around him, but in terms of people, a lot of people want to sell Ryan Manning. Um, a lot of people, some people are like, maybe you should hold. Some people want to boot him into the sun. What are your feelings at the moment? In high on Manning, especially through pre-season, and you just think he's always going with Russell Martin to a better side. But he had that spell where he got booked. He then wasn't getting the bonus because all the attackers were doing so well. He then had that game week where he got a really good score. There's been a couple of game weeks where he hasn't got a penalty or should have got an assist and things like that. So, But they're, they're conceding so many goals. It's it's ridiculous, really. Um, I'm not... I'm not in a rush to sell him, but I can't fault anyone who is now when they're basically conceding against any decent side three or more goals. Yeah, it's tough to justify at the moment. Um, the thing with him is you can you can go to basically anyone as well um, in terms of because he's well you can go to anyone because him and Walker Peters are the most expensive defenders in the game. So aside from teams you've already got three players from, you can go to anyone. And even though I think there's been times at this point where the defenders, you know, a lot of the defenders aren't sort of, you know, the picks we thought they would be where we thought we'd want, you know, four or even five defenders. Um, there are enough of them about at the moment, whether it's sort of Preston defenders, Birmingham defenders, um, Mumbar, the Norwich uh, fullbacks are both doing well. You know, all these sorts of guys that are putting their hands up, um, that it's it's sort of tough to, to remotely justify. Um, and so I think it, it provoked, I think the fact that there are those those options um, also make it make it awkward to hold Manning. But I do think for people who are on the likes of, you know, um, Leith Davis. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there were other defenders that were issues. I mean, Rankin Costello is a slight, yeah, is one who's up in the yeah. air at the moment. I've got Sirkin. If anyone else has got Sirkin, he's now an injury issue. If anyone went in sort of early for Spence, for example, he's now an issue. You know, that sort of thing where it might mean that people hold Manning for another game week. But I think barring something, some dramatic change, like he is going to be one that is um, in there for a, on the chopping block for a lot of people at this point. It basically just depends on whether you can almost afford to get rid of him now or whether you've got other fires. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've got Rankin Casello, Davis. I brought one of the defenders right down to Kai Kai as well from QPR. So I'm, I might be going into the game week where I'm only happy to st- play Stacey. And he's he, they're playing Leicester anyway, so you, you wouldn't even think they'd get a clean sheet anyway. So, yeah. Do I really want a minus four or, or something like that? So, And Manning's going to play as well, yeah. so... I might just have to keep him just because I might 
might have to get rid of like ranking Costello or some something like that. But... Yeah, like like I say, you know, with the likes of Sirkin for me, who's going to miss out. Um, it's one where I might have to hold Manning an extra game week, um, which is not ideal. But I think it really does, as we've said, we you know we've talked about our situations. It really just does come down to to who you've got. If you're someone out there who has like you know Stacy Potts. Um, Bar, you know that sort of thing if that's the sort of defense you're working with and you've got manning it's an easy sort of it's an easier sell at this point yeah um but we'll move on uh <laughs> i do think that is the game that will take comfortably the most of our time uh so we will sort of shift on a little bit now um the next game we've got is qpr1 sunderland 3 uh, so, Dan, if you could just talk us through uh, the, the team news from this one. Yeah, so uh, QPR were unchanged. Uh, Sunderland, a couple of changes. Huggins and Burstow were in for, as you mentioned, numerous times. Sirkin and uh, Bradley Dax. So, obviously, I don't know what's happened to him, but he, he's a, he didn't show up. Um, and Roberts uh, was on the bench, which is always a good option, isn't he, Rod? Roberts. Now it looks like he's definitely here till January. Yes, I have to admit, I didn't read uh, the Bradley Dak sort of comments that were also in the piece I read about Sirkin because I only got as far as the Sirkin comments and uh, just got annoyed about it. So, <laughs> um, so have another look at that. Um, but obviously he missed out, which is good because I was very much considering him as a punt and it was going to be Sirkin and Dak so imagine if I'd done that <laughs> I might have quit the podcast <laughs> sorry I've actually gone on holiday early <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, we've got um, the, 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 the action of course so we had QPR actually took the lead uh, Kenneth Powell from outside the box, uh, assist for chair. Uh, Jack Colback got sent off um, after about 20 minutes. Um, yeah, definitely a red card. Yeah. And right before half time, I think it was about the eighth minute of added time, Jack Clark did get the equaliser with a Huggins assist, just to make me feel even better about Sirkin missing out. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. I brought in Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you then had Dan Ballard uh, put them ahead, and then Barr got the third um, with an Owl Chiche um, assist. Uh, that's probably not how you say his name, but I haven't sort of worked it out at this point. So uh, we'll see uh, <laughs> at some point how that goes. Um, it's obviously quite interesting, this game, particularly obviously QPR taking the lead. Um, but what are your sort of initial thoughts about these two teams from this game, Dan? Yeah, I was quite impressed with QPR to start off with. They, they looked quite dangerous. Um, but the red card is, was a key point in the game, correct decision. Um, and then obviously Sunderland gets get on top of the game. Their ability, their attacking players... Uh, finally wore down QPR. Um, happy to get uh, Clark return, uh, having brought him in. 
um, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago um, that they weren't playing terribly. It was a bit of bad luck. Um, they had that fate, the, the famous Preston game where the, the two goals were, were a bit lucky uh, against them. So, yeah, I think they're starting to um, get back to the sort of form they had last year when when they reached the playoffs. And obviously, a lot of their players are a year more experienced, so they they know what levels they've got to get to. Um, to do well in the championship and what I think they're seventh or eighth just outside the playoffs. So, yeah, they've done well the last few games. Anyone on your list apart from Sirkin or? Uh, well, I had been looking at Jack Clark, which is obviously annoying that he returned. But yeah. it just uh, it, it was just too much of an issue for me to move around, um, which I still think it was. Obviously, the players haven't returned, but. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't really comfortable with what I was going to have to sort of bench. I was going to have to take a minus four and bench probably Nonto, which I didn't really want to do. I mean, you look at how Leeds did today, and um, it's basically what I did. I had to, yeah. I had to bench Somerville. Um, I, I was, like I mentioned, I got away with it. Yeah, which obviously, like, I just sort of got to the point where I was like, I wanted Clark, but I was, I was sort of, I would rather have had in that situation sort of Nonto going into it, particularly when it was the hit to be, to bench him. Obviously, you did it. Um, it shows how it can swing, but it was just in that particular situation. I didn't want to do that, but I do think he's he's very much an option. Um, given that I was also looking at Trey Hume, I would probably say him as well. Um, I do think that they're, they're a nice option defensively. Um, so it's... Uh, it remains to be seen what they do. I mean, Huggins, who has an extensive injury record, went off at half time as well. So, um, how exactly they're going to line up, I'm I'm less sure. Um, and I I think you do have to look at someone like uh, Bellingham at this point. Yeah. Um, just his price regularly starting in the attack for Sunderland. You know, goals are really starting to come for them, and so I think he. He is someone who will be, who will be an option in there. So, do you think Roberts just comes in for? Um, is it Bar? Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think he'll just come in for Bar. Um, it's tough because Bar's scored again, but I do think it's one of those things yeah. where there's only so long they can um, keep Patrick Roberts outside, particularly because Mowbray has spoken numerous times. He's such a big fan of Patrick Roberts that he's not gonna leave him out of the team for long maybe they shift things around slightly where maybe for example Barr moves in field and Roberts plays on the right and they replace you know someone else whether it's you know Dak who obviously missed this game or Bellingham or Burstow started this game it's just sort of how exactly they navigate that but it's a nice problem for him to have in terms of fitting these these attacking players in um so so that'll be interesting to see um in terms of QPR, just wanted to talk about them briefly. I think they're, they're they are improving. They are they yeah. are sort of better than we thought initially, or better than they were. It's not even what we thought they were that bad <laughs> to start off with. Um, what are your thoughts on them at the moment? So I um brought in Kai Kai. Um, to be honest, I. I just wanted a player to be third on my bench who I just 
didn't want to make a decision on uh, every week. Uh, he, he seems to be playing regularly at right centre back. He's four million. I'm just quite happy. Just just the way defenders don't seem to be doing as well as they have in previous years at the minute. Um, I think I'm probably looking towards playing uh, is it midfield dynamos that boost at some point. So it just made sense to get rid of Jordan James and actually invest more in into midfield. So yeah, I'm, I'm not really thought about anyone else from QPR. But, but I agree, I think they're better than, well, bottom three. I'm not sure how much better, but I'm, whereas I thought they were definitely probably going to go down. They seem to be competitive, so it's probably not quite as easy as we, we thought at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's not going to sort of score all the time or whatever, but I do think Pal, we saw last year, can be an option at times particularly if they are going to be a little bit more solid. I mean, obviously, I'm not backing him sort of to score goals consistently or anything, but, you know, they, they have been a bit more solid. He will play regularly. Um, obviously, you know, it's difficult to assess this game when they've played 70 minutes or whatever with 10 men. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, but I do think that we might actually be looking at them at, at certain points as potential options, whether it's to fill out sort of, uh, sort of boosts or anything like that. Um, will be uh, there. There will be options there from uh, from them. Um, the next one we've got is uh, the Saturday night game. Uh, Cardiff two, uh, Swansea nil. Uh, Dan talks through the lineup using this one. Yeah, so three changes for Cardiff. On with the goalie, Wintle and Ugbo were in for Renarsson, Rules and Tanner. Uh, Swansea, they made quite a few changes. Darling, Pedersen, Tymon, Fulton and Lowe were in for Kabanga, Norton, Ashby, Cooper and Cullen. Um, just doesn't feel like... Um, the manager knows his best 11. They obviously did make quite a few signings towards the end of the window, especially at, at wing back. So still trying to get him settled. Um, yes, that's the lineup. Yeah, so obviously a uh, big result for Cardiff. I think they probably were the better of the two teams. Um, yeah. Uh, it took them a while to actually get on the board, though. So in terms of the, the goals themselves... Um, you had uh, Ollie Tanner uh, open scoring in the 71st minute, uh, Collins with an assist, and then Aaron Ramsey with the penalty to make it 2-0. Uh, um, obviously, I said um, that uh, Aaron Ramsey turned down the move to Saudi Arabia because he couldn't score against Swansea there. Um, one of the rare things with a player of this profile where, you know, Scoring a goal against Swansea is a dream come true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on on this game or these teams? So, I think it was pretty even, especially first half. Um, great, great strike by Tanner. They plucked him from non-league a couple of years ago and didn't really break through last year, but he he seemed to have. Quite a good preseason. They 
started to play him. He's been in and out of the team, but it's a great finish. And probably more importantly, his knee slide was good in the celebration, which always helped when it when it's um, a wet surface. Um, and then Cardiff, I think Carl and Grant missed a, a decent header, and and then they they got the penalty. Um, I don't know what time and was doing, but he had a basically rugby tackled him down. Um, cool finish by Ramsey in 2 0. I think I've mentioned before, I've actually been quite impressed with Cardiff and they've had a few tough games. Um, they were 2 0 up against Leeds opening day, 2 0 up against Ipswich um, before the international break. So, yeah, I think they've definitely improved going forward and they were always quite solid at the back last year so yeah they're another one of these teams that I think are better than what we thought going into the season which which is a worry because we're running out of bad teams in the league um especially if you if you are a bad team um Swansea starting to worry about them obviously lost Piero a massive change in style from Martin, um, that they've brought a lot of players in, which is which is a bit unusual to to Swansea that they haven't made many signings over the years. Um, yeah, they've they've got to get their act together because they're they're in the bottom three at the minute. Um, any of these pl- play uh, teams? Interesting new option. Why? I know you got. Do you have Patino or? No, I'm still. I'm still actually keen on Patino. Um, I do think yeah. he's played well and um, he, he's well involved. And we've talked about him, and so he's still on radar for me. I've, but the only one I've got from these is Key, um, who for yeah. the moment I'm happy with, but I'm very conscious with obviously the bringing in of Pedersen and Timon on the left that key goes on to the right along you know we're in terms of options there along with Ashby and so there's the chance that he could be rotated and do I really want to be signing yeah. up for that not necessarily but uh I think you know I'm not necessarily sort of dying to to get rid of him until he uh until he goes out the team um Cardiff actually interest me um I do think they've They've been decent. Um, I do like some of their attacking options. I've mentioned him before. Obviously, he did go off with what looked like a knock at the end of the game. Um, but I am interested in Aaron Ramsey at this point. He's playing well. He's playing yeah, more advanced yeah. compared to the early part of the season where they were using him slightly differently. He is now playing more advanced. The fact that, I mean, it's not necessarily a shock, but the fact he's also on penalties just adds to the appeal. Um he put it like very coolly, it must be said. Um, and so I do think that he is he is sort of a consideration for me. Um, it's it's tough outside of him. I do think Carlin Grant is is. It, I mean, he I looked good. Go. He looked good, go. but I but I I'm I'm not going to use a forward spot on Carlin Grant. I'll say that now. Some people might. I'm just not going to do it. I know I'm not going to do it. Um. It'd be interesting to what see. What about fullbacks? Yeah. It'd like be, Collins? It'd be interesting to see. I do like Collins. Um, 
it'd be interesting to see what happens when O'Dowd is back from injury because he was he did start well there. Yeah. Um, but if Collins in particular keeps his place, I do like him. Um, we know I like Perry and G, but there's bound to be some rotation on that side with Romeo there as well. He's, he's also not going to be on free kicks now, yeah, Ramsey. I know Ramsey's there. It's an absolute waste, but he's not he's not going to be on on them anymore. So uh, it's uh, um. It's it's tough, but I think Ramsey is probably the main one, and I do think that he is he is an actual option at this point. Um, also worth saying that there were a lot of calls for Anik to come back into the team, and he did. Um, so if he's going to stay in the team, that's another four point five goalkeeper. I know some people have been looking at the likes of Dieng and wanting to change things. If you've got a playing backup, like if you're if you've got like a Chladki or a Hazard, then Maybe if you have the luxury to change it, someone like Anik is an option. Um, but we'll move on to our next game, which is uh, Preston 2, Plymouth 1. Uh, Dan, talk to us about the lineup news from this one. Yes, so for Preston, Miller, Holmes, and is it Odzat Nastic, the striker, was oh, in yeah. for what more? Trocke, Jensen, and Keane. Uh, Plymouth, Mika Miller was in, and Kundal were in for Edwards and Randall. Yes, obviously, uh, this this was another one where um, it's a very quick start. Dwayne Holmes, very early goal um, in the first minute. They then got second. Um, through Liam Miller um, as Majic with the with the assist um, and he did apparently look good uh, coming into the team uh, shout out to the, the, the internet who said that he was a striker who can also play on the wing one look at that man, that man is a striker that man is not a winger <laughs> so uh, but yeah and then uh, they did concede one uh, obviously to Ryan Hardy uh, with another goal, Kundal got the assist for that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about Preston uh, being interesting in terms of, you know, we've talked about their options before. They keep putting points on the board. Um, I know you're quite keen on them defensively. Yeah. Um, I think they've been yeah. they've been good defensively since they went on that crazy nil-nil, nil-nil <laughs> record. Uh they're just pretty solid championship players at the back. They've obviously got, I think, a good goalie in Freddie Woodman. Um, I know they brought in Ramsey, but he looks like he's injured. Potts, although was a centre mid, it seems to have done well at that right wing bulk spot, uh, right wing back spot for over a year now. Um, I was impressed with. Uh, young best that left wing back. He got dropped for Liam Miller, who um, probably one of the players that went a bit under the radar on on deadline day. But he, I think he signed from Basel. Um, I think he's naturally a winger, but they they played him at wing back and yeah, um, set up the first goal. Although I'm not sure it's gone down as an assist no, because the keeper saved it. For it yeah. Um, 
he looked bright and then he, he got the goal but just throughout the throughout the match he was a constant threat um unfortunately he is a midfielder in the game so if he's playing left wing back it's not ideal but um yeah it's just an, another attacking option uh, for threat for Preston um they've obviously brought in the, the new striker up front Keane I think's injured They've got Emil Reese will be back at some point soon. So they're gradually building more options. Fracky Jensen, Holmes, who I've not been impressed for a couple of seasons at Huddersfield, but he's chipping in with goals and assists. So they've started so well that we mentioned before the pod. They're getting to the they're getting to enough points where. You soon get if they carry on this run for three, four more games. You then thinking, well, they've got to go on a really bad run if they to not make the playoffs. Um, like I said, Pot Potts is someone who I'm I'm debating about. I know a couple of people went for Hughes, um, the centre back. I think he did play at left back one one of the games before uh, the international break. Um, and he has scored, I think, a couple of goals. So his his points are obviously, I think, probably a bit inflated. Um, but Potts is Potts is right up there with someone who I'm looking to bring in. Um, I think they've got okay fixtures the next few. Um, Birmingham at home, Rotherham away, West Brom, who haven't been great going forward. Um, so defensively, I'm, I'd be quite happy to bring some someone in um not sure about the attacking players at the minute uh Focke Ince and as you mentioned came on at half time um anyone interest you in Preston um I'd love to be clearer on the uh the the sort of attacking situation and the left wing back situation um but I think it does lead me towards someone like Potts um I think he he um He's going along quite nicely, obviously, as is Hughes. Um, so I do think it's it's interesting defensively with them. Um, so that's probably where where I'd be looking, um, particularly as as they've got those increased attacking options now. Um, but yeah, I think defensively, primarily with them. If you had Frocky Jensen, would you? be looking to get rid or do you think he's just coming back from injury he'll he'll get back in the side i think he will he will come back in um i'd be surprised if he didn't but um uh, i i wouldn't be 100% certain with that um so yeah it it depends a little bit um but if you ha- if i had him i'd probably be holding him at least for for midweek um, and then if yeah. it's still an issue you can then move it on but I'd, I'd still be holding at this point um, but our next game uh, we'll start moving a bit Any, anything on Plymouth? Uh, there's, there's, is it just the same, same option? Hardy, Whittaker, Whittaker. Hardy. Um, yeah I agree uh, Watford 2 Birmingham 0 uh, talk to us about the lineup details from this one yeah, so Ngakia and Morris win for Andrews and Semmer. And for Birmingham, Burke was in for Bakuna. 
Yeah, so uh, this was actually nil-nil for a long time. Uh, and then uh, sort of late in the game, um, Brajevic with another goal after Buchanan had been sent off. In the 88th minute, 91st minute, Ryevich, uh breaks the deadlock. Uh, Spreer assist. And then Andrews scored in the 96th minute with a Chak Vatadze assist. Um, so I think it's uh, it's another important um, sort of breakthrough for... Um, for for Watford, um, in terms of getting points on the board, it's a tough opposition. Um, but just to cover off these two teams, are there players that you're you're looking at from these two at this point? Um, I think Watford have been pretty good defensively, uh, barring that crazy game against uh, Coventry. I think the others, other games have been under one xG in each game. But it's just where do you where do you go? They they've changed both their fullbacks here. Um, I'm not sure I'd want a centre back to be honest. I got rid of Laos a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm guessing you the, the striker uh, is it Rokovic? You, you have to be looking. Yeah, I think you've got to be looking at him. He, he looks like a just a penalty box striker. I don't think he's going to be on the end yeah. of of things. So, um, and Martins, um, for numerous weeks, he just loves a shot. Yeah. We've mentioned this a few t- a few times, and he seems to be adapting to the to the championship a lot better now. So, yeah, for Birmingham, it's not the best result. Um, still ticking along all right. That's in there. I think they're still roughly in the playoffs. Um, I want to go defensively on them. I've, I've, Laird is the one, but I want to see the, the situation between him and Andrame Buchanan on the left. And obviously got sent off, so can't go there. Um, not sure about them attacking-wise at the minute. No, I mean, um, we've talked about Stansfield. He's probably the only one I'd look yeah. at in part because of his price. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I want to know how it shakes out between Laird and Drame, and particularly with Buchanan, who will obviously be suspended now. But how exactly that all shakes out, uh, probably yeah. before I go there. Um, and as you say, I think Ryovich is probably the most interesting one from from Watford. Um, so that brings us on to today's game to round off our key games. Uh, Millwall nil, Leeds three. Uh, so, uh, Dan, uh, give us the, the lineup news from this one. Yeah, Bikowski, Longman, Campbell, Denor were in for Sarkovic, Hutchinson, Saville, and Fleming. And for Leeds, Byron was in for Shackleton. Um, and they did have a few of their sign ins on the bench Kamara. Um, no, no Spence, though. No, so obviously uh, in this, uh, Piero opened the scoring uh, with a Rotaire assist. Uh, bit of controversy about the move building up. I don't think it was a foul on um, uh, on Nisbet personally. I think he actually left his leg sort of dangling behind and that's what made contact. 
Um, Rhea, like, Millwall were basically dominating the game at that point, and it was sort of on the counter, and then it was a uh, nice little one, two, one touch, uh, non-toe to Brutaire to um, Piero, really nice first touch, and then uh, sort of finished well. Um, you then had, uh, in the second half, uh, Hero with another goal, uh, Dan James assist, and then uh, Rutter with a goal. It didn't go down as a as a Dan James assist, even though he was the one who played it across. Um, I think the deflection actually took it to him uh, and took the other defender out of the game, um, and he finished yeah. it quite nicely. But yeah, so 3-0 win for them. Uh, they're attacking players. Uh, we've talked about them before, but when they're clicking, they're, they're as good, in terms of the attack, they're as good as anyone in this league, aren't they? I'd say they're probably the best, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, think. I guess you could... Even if, I think so. You could talk about, like, I guess, some of the attacking personnel for Leicester, but it's slightly different. But I think, yeah, the attacking-wise... Norwich are up there. Yeah, yeah. But um, the the defence will, will be a concern at times. <laughs> um but yeah, so a lot of the questions at the moment are around Leeds attack. Um, if they're not about Ryan Manning, they're you know a lot of people are debating what to do about Leeds attack. Um, what are your thoughts on them at the moment? So I'm on Piero and Somerville. Um, Piero, it's got to pick him. He, he's like we mentioned when he signed for Leeds. He, he's got forty goals in two years in the championship you could argue he's now playing for a better side yeah. um i know he's expensive but if if they're going to click he's going to score 20 odd goals again this season so yeah i'm happy to have piero uh i bench somerville like i meant i got massively away with that um he's on some set pieces which which i like he's, he's also a little bit cheaper than nonto which which i also like the one worry I have, and it, it might not be a worry, is will will there be rotation? They've got Dan James, Jaden Anthony. Um, be, they could hammer teams. I'll be the players when they're playing. You're you're going to get a lot of points. So yeah, I know. I think you're on Nonto Angus. Yes, so I'm on I'm on Nonto and Piero. Um, I actually really like Somerville, and I think um, I was talking to uh, you know friend of the pod uh, Luke uh, Irons, and uh, we were talking about his cor- uh, Somerville's corner deliveries um, that were really good. Um, so I think that's that's yeah. something that that's another positive with him. Um, but I'm I'm relatively happy with Nonto. Um, I've obviously been debating this weekend an overhaul at various points uh, with guys sort of going down or being bad, or whatever. So uh, that's obviously that uh, I did sort of debate if I was overhauling whether I would sell Nonto, but I think I'm not going to. And at that point, I'm I'm comfortable keeping him. Um, I do think at the moment it will stay with that front four with the likes of Anthony and Dan James to come off the bench, which is obviously a great option to have. Um, we'll see how it looks as it goes forward. Um, that will obviously be a, a key difference there as well. Um, defensively, 
I think there are a couple of options for different reasons. One, Ethan Ampadu is ticking along. He'll play every game. It, yes, he's playing in holding midfield, but like I guess there, there's the odd avenue to returns in terms of if he's you know just playing the ball forward if he gives it to someone who then goes and scores a goal. But it's the reliability of minutes thing. Um, it's what we talk about sometimes with centre backs, where I do think he's potentially one. And I hate saying this, but Luke Ayling, it's undeniable. Like, like you know, it's just. He was in the bonus again today. He didn't get a return. He wasn't involved in any of the goals, and he's in the bonus again. Um, and so, you know, with with uh, Spence injured, which was the one thing that that was sort of like the one drawback to Ailing at this point after deadline day, um, and likely I think to miss a few games at least, um, Ailing has to be an option. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on Luke Ailing, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, he's, he's high on the, the list of defenders um, to bring in. And with no spence, he's, he's not got any competition, really. So he's going to play any most weeks. So, yeah, Aileen, he's ticking a lot of boxes, although he can't defend. But I suppose if you're in an attacking team, it don't really, really matter. So, yeah, Aileen high on the list. Yeah, um, like I say, pains me, but uh, he, he has to be considered. Um, in terms of Melbourne, obviously a bad day for them. Um, anything more in your mind than a bad day? I thought they started well, to, yes, to be honest. Um, and they sort of got hit on that counter-attack, but yeah, I've had Brian. He, he's no-showed again. I've so I'm glad I got rid of him. Um, I'm not sure he knows what formation to play. He's at this funny stage where he, he's going free at the back, four at the back. It's just, yeah. Fleming didn't play today. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from Mill. They've not started great either, I don't think. No, I mean, they've got a, they've got a decent run, but I'm not sure who you would go into. Maybe Norton Cuffey is the only one I can think of at this Maybe, point. Maybe, yeah. Um, he's probably the most likely one. He did get forward at times in this game as well, so um, he's potentially the one from them if you're looking to go with someone. Um, so that brings us on to the the rest of the games. We'll sort of just go through anything we want to mention with these. Uh, some of these we've covered quite a bit, which uh, is just why um, they are in the other games. The first one we've got is Blackburn 2, Middlesbrough 1. Anything in particular you want to cover with this, Dan? Um, Smodics two goals. I like Smodics as a player, and I just I just never get around to picking yeah. him. But he looks like he's pretty much nailed, and he's going to keep ticking over. Need need like a double game week or or something <laughs> for Blackburn. Um, Rankin Costello was back in the squad, but was on the bench. They do have Britain and Pickering. He's not been great this year. Does he come back in? I'm I'm not sure. Um, yeah, that's basically it from I, I, I can't bash Middlesbrough anymore but they've got the uh, relegation six point in midweek against Sheffield Wednesday yeah uh, Smodix was the one um, I'm bored of talking about Middlesbrough and saying you look at all the stats all the chances and everything and they're fine but they lose the game they're you know 
it, it there's only so much you can defend them with that before it's like just get some points <laughs> yeah. so uh hopefully for their sake that happens in midweek uh next game is bristol city nil west brom nil is there anything you have from this i've got nothing on this game no nope, me neither uh we can move on um Actually, I'll just give them one thing. I think Bristol City defensively, in terms of their record so far, their record so they far have, is going they have under improved. the radar. Yeah. Um, but that's about it, really, for me. Uh, Huddersfield 2, Rotherham 0. Anything in particular with this one, Dan? Roma, goal and assist. Yeah. Um, and then Warnock's basically calling a meeting on Mondays where everyone seems to think he's leaving. So one of the reasons why I didn't have Huddersfield in my bottom three was because of Warnock. And if he's leaving, if they don't bring someone um, up to the standards, they're going to be in a relegation battle, I think. Yeah, um, I like Karoma. He was the one I was going to mention, yeah. obviously, with the goal and assist. Um, it just sort of... Uh... Yeah, it remains to be seen what's happening there, which obviously will will make a difference. Uh, Hull 1, Coventry 1. Uh, anything particular to mention with this one? Just Aaron Connolly. Another goal. I don't know what he do- what's happening in Hull, but... I mean, I mean he tried to take the ball on and it happened to go in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Hull, I was going to say, a decent going forward. Uh, they did finally lose their title this week of having the worst XG conceded in the league. Um, it's now only about the fourth worst XG conceded in the league. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that's a positive for them. <laughs> but I do think they 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 are like consistently having some joy in attack, and I do think that that uh, that needs to be looked at. Uh, for Coventry, I think they struggled a little bit in this one. I think uh, maybe the rotating of the front players isn't helping as much, and I think they were missing a couple of key players, obviously Casey Palmer, um, after international duty. Um, and uh, I think it was Ben Sheaf was the other one missing in midfield, yeah. uh, which I think made a difference to them. Um, but, you know, they're they're beginning to get Jamie Allen back, and it sounds like Callum O'Hare is making good progress towards a return as well, which will obviously be significant for them. Uh, Norwich one Stoke nil. Jack Stacy. <laughs> His first goal in I think it was three years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think um, they they've got you know, and I think it's one of those where he's obviously got the goal. I was going to say the other one that I think is being underrated is Giannoulis. I agree. He's, yeah. He's not far behind Stacy in terms of points. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of the same stuff in terms of the, the the sort of stats that go towards the bonus. And so I do think that particularly if you need if you need that saving for whatever reason, I do think Giannoulis instead of Stacey is is a perfectly viable way to go. Yeah, I also like to mention I think they've been quite good defensively as well. Uh, Norwich, I think that fourth ridiculous four four against Southampton, where Southampton got two penalties, uh, is putting their XG conceded up quite a bit than what it what it has been. If you go back to the first game, um, there was a massive mistake for Delap to go through and score. So 
yeah, I think they're better defensively than we, we probably think at the minute. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, the last one we've got is Sheffield Wednesday nil, Ipswich one. Uh, anything on this one, Dan? It's just it's just Leaf Davis injured, isn't he? Yeah. Keep an eye out for his injury news. Yes, and uh, this is an opportunity for me to mention. Uh, I would just say, yeah, Leaf Davis is the main thing. Connor Chaplin with a goal, Leaf Davis assist. Chaplin's still a good option. I think Broadhead is still a good option. Uh, Leaf Davis sounds like he's going to miss a game or two injured. Beyond that, it's unclear. But it is an opportunity for me to mention this coming week, I will not be doing injury news. Um, there are not many pressers, generally speaking, between weekend games and midweek games anyway. So particularly before the Tuesday deadline, there wouldn't be much point. But I will not be doing the team news next weekend either. Um, I'll be away on holiday. Um, I don't get, I don't take many holidays. I don't go on many holidays. So I will not be spending however many hours of my holiday <laughs> gathering championship team news. Um it's the first time that I've, since I started doing the team news, which has now been going on for, what, over two seasons now, ever, um, that I haven't done a week. Um, I think I've earned this. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so just to warn everyone that I, I won't be doing the team news next week. Um, and so, yeah, any any team news you're looking for, you'll have to find yourselves. Uh, scary times, I know. Um, but yeah, I can't find the information easily. Yeah, some of it's some of it's easier to come by than others. Uh, that's the other thing I will say. Some people might get a small insight into what it's like for me every week uh, when they try and find the team news. Um, so that leads us on to the questions. Um, after the tweet, uh, FPL Frog said, well, that ruined my why is Ryan Manning still 25.3% owned and how much therapy will we need when we take him out before his 15 point of the Ipswich question? Thank you for not asking that. Um, so instead, I'll ask, how is Mumba playing? Thinking of getting him in for ranking Costello ahead of his inevitable goal against Norwich. Um, so, yeah, Dan, how do you think uh, Mumba is playing at the moment? He's doing all right. I'm not sure Plymouth are great defensively, mm. but he, he's playing left wing, so it probably balances itself up. If they keep a clean sheet, he's, he could haul like well, 15 points if he gets a bonus or attack and return or anything like that. So he's up there with some of the defenders we've mentioned high on the list. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things we do have to acknowledge as well. He's the second highest scoring defender in the game, so he's clearly sort of picking yeah. up those points. Um, so yeah, I think he's very much an option. Particularly, you know, we talked about Plymouth's Plymouth's record in home games. If you've got any of that with him, it's obviously you know a real positive. Um, Kyle Stoke Gaffer asked best defender to owning Gaffer under seven point zero. Um, any of them you like, because basically any of them are under 7.0. Um, Nonstop FPL has asked, double up on Leeds attack with Piro and Rutter, or too much rotation with a condensed schedule? And thought about those two together. Um, 
If people have the luxury of getting rid of, say, Adam Armstrong, do you like that move, Dan? Well, maybe not this week, but... <laughs> you know, at pre-season, I actually uh, was pretty high on Rutter. I think yeah. it was pretty obvious he was going to stay. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure I would do that, though. I still think Piero is going to be the main man. I think I'd probably want a winger, although maybe there will be more rotation out wide than maybe he will keep yeah. his position. Yeah, I, I don't hate tough, but... But, Yeah. I uh I probably I probably wouldn't go with that either. Uh It'd be Travis, a good differential sorry. though. It'd be a good differential though. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, Travis McKill has us standout third forward options, finally able to move on from Semedo this week. Both Godden and Barnes seem reasonable, but also like some of the less expensive options. 7.4 million in the bank for a straight swap. Um, so we've talked about Godden. We've actually mentioned Ashley Barnes. Um, anyone else that you can sort of think of, Dan? Hardy. See, yeah. top goal scorer with, with five. Um, and um, yeah. Chaplin. Chaplin, Broadhead. Yeah. Um, trying to think of anyone else. How much is, is the Watford striker? Seven five or seven six? I think he might be too much, but seven six. Yeah, so, seven six. Yeah, so just too much. He's too much, but um, I think those are those are a few. Um, also potentially Adam Eder. Yeah, I just worry though. Is he? Yeah. Is he gonna get rotated? I don't hate it though. If he if he six five could be good. But yeah, I'd I'd look at some of those other ones before I uh, got to someone like Adam Eder as well. Um. Gaffer Hoops has asked us, uh, what are your thoughts on playing Park the Bus Boost regarding best players and best game weeks to play it? And saying, sorry, it is kind of related to Manning. Well, given that Manning doesn't count as one of the best players for it, uh, it's it's not a Manning question, so that's fine. <laughs> um, any thoughts on the best sort of weeks to play it? Um, Do you know what? Because it's the defenders haven't been scoring great. I've sort of not looked into part of the bus. Yeah. Um, I never can see why people would want it. Um, trying to think who I'm guessing they might have. Or oh, Ipswich. I think it's one of those for me where it's, it's another, we've talked about with Park the Bus before. Where I think it's, you know, as much as possible, just when it falls for you in terms of a week where you have, like, a lot of the defenders we've mentioned who are good options, if you have as many of them as possible having a good week at the same time, then that's when Park the Bus falls for you. I don't, like, I haven't looked, I, I think a lot of the weeks for playing boosts are the same weeks. You know, it's 8, yeah. 10, 11, 14, you know, those sorts of things. It's not necessarily like, and then it's just sort of, you know, putting together the best defence at that point, really. 
but um, I think it's it's hard to sort of prescribe players and weeks at this point because it's so sort of variable. And a couple of weeks ago, we would have been talking about completely different defenders in some ways than we're talking about now, um, particularly with some of these injuries knocking about as well. So I think it's yeah, it, it's tough to sort of prescribe too much with that. Um, so we'll finish off with uh, Full of Ham's question, which is two questions. So he said, best Dan James replacement. Uh, his other players are Dewsbury Hall, Mavadidi, Sarah and Rowe. And with Norwich playing Leicester, with him owning all four of those, do I play them all and hope it's a high scoring game? Well, I think on the second one, we both agree the answer is yes, don't we? <laughs> yeah, just play them all. Yeah. Uh, and in terms um... of best Dan James replacements... If it's if you can maybe go up, would you say going for like Somerville or a, a Nonto? If you can go up, I'm not sure they can. Um, yeah, I think if you can go up to Somerville, I'd go. I'd go to Somerville, and that's possibly easier because they are close in price. Yeah. If not, um, you know, I, I like I said, I I do genuinely like sort of Aaron Ramsey at this point, for example. Um, I think you could look at uh, one we haven't. I mean, we've you know Sammy Smodix we've mentioned. Um, yeah, is you know it might be an opportunity. We were talking about not necessarily having the opportunity to get a player like that in, where you actually you're actually just presented with the opportunity to do so. Um, we mentioned Martins. Um, I think the other thing is someone like um. Uh, Keshi Anderson. We haven't mentioned him a lot. He's one of these players who does quite well for things like key passes. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe a Coventry mid. They got a good run. Yeah, it's tough to sort of identify one though, with them. Yeah. Um, the other ones would be sort of Clark, if you can get to him actually. Um, if yeah. not, Roberts, because that's sideways and you would assume he'll come into the team. Bellingham um, so, yeah. Hmm? Bellingham punt? Potentially, yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a few options there that we've given you. Um, whether any of those are helpful is another matter entirely. <laughs> um, so that's that's all the questions and that's all the action. Um, I was a little bit worried when we spent 25 minutes on the first game that we we're going to go quite long, but we've just ticked over an hour and 15 minutes, so that's fine. Um... In terms of content this coming week, um, Dan, are you and Jamie doing a spaces after the midweek game week, or is that to be confirmed? Uh, I think that's to be confirmed, I think. Okay, uh, so we'll answer um, that, and then... Yeah, I don't want to say a day. Yeah. We have mentioned it, but yeah. sometimes things change in mind and Jamie's life with, with kids and things like that. Yes, Um so uh, keep an eye out. We will tweet something out if Dan and Jamie are going to do a spaces between sort of game week seven and eight. Um, and then the game week eight review will happen next weekend as normal, although I won't be on it. Um, that will sort of go ahead as normal. Uh, no Super League pod this week um, ahead of the double. <laughs> um, uh, as mentioned, I'm, I'm on holiday and Chris is also on holiday. So um, even if sort of James were able to step in, the fact that both of us are on holiday means that uh, 
there there won't be a Super League pod. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, you, I guess everyone will have to make their own uh, decisions for the double at this point. Although it should be relatively straightforward at this point. Um, so that's everything. Um, so all that's left for me to say is thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.